The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? Welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic for Crave Online and IGN and What the Flick, and everybody calls me Bibs. My name is Whitney Seibold, and I write for Nerdist occasionally. Yay! That's kind of it right now. At the moment. <laughs> well, I also run the projector at the New Beverly Cinema in Hollywood, California. But well done indeed. Thank you. You I, rock, sir. I, I run good shows for the most part. <laughs> uh, and this is the end of a tenure we've mm-hmm. been doing at uh, Cancel Too Soon. Over the summer and uh, July and August, uh, we've been doing only shows that Whitney and I want to review. Oh, well, yeah, so, so, so sorry to our contributors. We did run polls. Yeah. Oh, and we, you and choose we, from lists from time to time. And, and indeed, we didn't use some of our, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some of our donations and et cetera. But mm-hmm. like we just, you know, we, we've had so many like themed episodes and we have some theme months we've got uh, coming up in fact we've got uh three theme months in a row of course so we wanted to mix it up now and get a bunch <laughs> of the weird stuff we really wanted to review this summer mm-hmm. uh, this whole year actually out of the way um since the beginning I've, I've been wanting to do this one since the beginning yeah this is one of the first ones you suggested and we've just been sitting on it because i don't <laughs> like you and um but uh, and, and funnily enough it actually does tie into a show that i had us review or mm. it was the winner of our poll, but yeah. the poll was chosen by me. All the options were chosen by me. Uh, it ties into something we did last uh, last month. Now we're doing it this time. And before we get started on that, yeah, we're on Patreon. <laughs> but first, shameless plugging. Shameless plugging. But at Patreon.com slash... plug you so hard. Oh, no, I guess we plug our own stuff, huh? We, plug our own we don't stuff. plug them. No, we plug Pl- us. Plugging them means that we're, like, putting out a mob hit. We're not putting out a mob hit Look, on our listeners. Look, just plug us. We got, uh, we've got uh, Cancel Too Soon is on Patreon, patreon.com slash canceled too soon. And for a variety of different subscription fees, $5 a month, $10 a month, $20 a month, you not only help keep this show going so you can keep listening to it, but you get cool stuff. You get bonus episodes like the canceled too soon monthly movie. Next month, we're going to be doing uh, the 1990s miniseries of Gulliver's Travels. That's right. Uh, you get to contribute in Patreon polls. The most recent one is up now. Every month, we help. We let you decide one show that we're going to review in the next month. And the next month is actually all shows that were canceled this last season. And you can pick between uh, APB, which is a cop show about a billionaire who buys a police precinct and supercharges all their technology. Uh, there's Conviction, starring Haley Atwell as the as a mm-hmm. former first daughter who becomes a lawyer who freeze people who are on death row or something like that and then there's frequency which is about time travel ham radio cops and then there is rush hour which is rush hour but it was a show that no one watched <laughs> as opposed to the movies that a curiously high number of people watched. i know i don't know why it didn't transfer over but uh anyway that poll is still going now and it's really close mm. and we have a lot of people who subscribe on patreon who haven't voted yet so check it out 
And it's APB and Conviction in particular are like neck and neck. So it could, be, could go either way. But if you want a different one, vote for that one. Indeed, Maybe you can bring another one up. We've, we still have quite a few subscribers who haven't voted yet for some reason. And, and if you want to like contact other subscribers, if mm. you have the means, do so. Campaign. Yeah. Get try try to like try to get yours try to get yours pushed. There's you know? a community Convince board them. also uh, mm. at the Patreon page where you can talk amongst yourselves. We do the occasional icebreaker. It's a lot of fun. We got a, uh, exclusive merch. We're gonna have uh, we have a, a club which you sent out a bunch of cool pop I culture ephemera. Did I did I, and I think uh, that that's on the twenty dollar level. Yes, and uh, they got a bunch of stuff. Yeah, they got a bunch of audio stuff. They got mm. a book. Yeah. They got Garbage Pail Kids. There was some cool stuff in okay, there. Garbage Pail Kids? Yeah, they got Garbage Pail Kids That's in fun. there. Okay, yeah. cool. I didn't know that one. That's, <laughs> That's a good prize to get. Wow. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so that's over there, uh, and we have a lot of fun with it, and we're just keeping adding more stuff, and it's going to be really, really cool. Also, we do uh, movie reviews for people who miss the Bean Movies podcast. We've been doing more movie reviews exclusive yeah, for Patreon yeah. subscribers. So that is that. But this is this. This is now. <laughs> now is the time for the latest episode, episode 60. Oh, canceled too soon. Welcome How exciting back. is this? And uh, this Happy one, anniversary? I don't know, maybe. But uh, uh, this one was your choice. So yeah. why don't you uh, okay. lead us into, we'll, well, t- we'll play the intro to it in a moment, but okay. lead us well, into what this is. You said this related to something that you had picked last month, uh, and I imagine you're alluding to cliffhangers, exclamation point. Yeah, one of the best shows uh, we've ever reviewed. Uh, it was really, really terrific in that it was a single block devoted to... Uh, smaller shows within it. It was sort of an anthology series. Although this is not constructed like an anthology. It's just regular shows just cut into essentially 10 minute segments. Mm -hmm. It's two 10 minute shows in a half hour segment. Well, they have, Um, they have a connective tissue. Robert Vaughn. Well, Robert Vaughn was the show's crypt keeper. He would show up and like behind a desk looking very serious, Mm -hmm. uh, playing essentially playing himself. Yeah. Playing himself. He's Robert Vaughn. He refers to the man from uncle. He's he's playing himself. He'd he'd introduce each segment. The segment would play. Then he'd come back and he'd introduce the second segment and then he'd do an outro. Yeah. And, uh, there were Three segments that played over the course of uh, it's seven episodes. Generally two per episode. Generally two per episode. Two episodes, there was one per episode. Uh, and the final episode of uh, this show introduced a new segment, and then it went off the air. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it aired on uh, uh, Fox. It aired on Fox from July 11th. Uh, through August twenty second, nineteen ninety three, mm-hmm. uh, it's and we're going to let Robert Vaughn sort of lead us into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little show called Danger Theater. Good evening, and welcome once again to another thrilling episode of Danger Theater, the show that dares to expose crime as it really is. Very unpleasant. First up tonight, the searcher rides his mighty hog into a world of high fashion, and he's what? He riding a pig now? No. A hog is a motorcycle. Motorcycle? Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Well, curtain up. It's time for Danger Theater. So, yeah, uh, Danger Theater, <laughs> introduced by Robert Vaughn, whom you Pretty know thing. from... Well, what's good about it? Yeah. Who you know from everything. He's Robert Vaughn. He's the man from Uncle, uh, The Magnificent Seven... Pootie Tang, obviously. <laughs> uh, he also made an appearance in a show that we were going to have to review at some point, The Girl from Uncle. That's which right. Which was the spinoff of The Man from <laughs> Uncle, but it was a girl. And uh, so I, we're going to have to track that down and, and make that happen. But yeah, it's basically, uh, they, have a, they notice that there's a whole bunch of different crime type shows on TV. Mm-hmm. So they did parodies 
of a variety of different crime shows, mm-hmm. and they would air them in about 10-minute segments. So there were three segments we're going to uh, talk about uh, separately. We'll, we'll go through each segment instead of each episode. But here's because, the overview. Yeah, the overview. So the first segment, and there was one of these every episode, uh-huh. uh, was The Searcher, mm-hmm. uh, which was a direct parody of Renegade. Yeah. And, and other shows. Kind of, I guess then came Bronson as well. But uh, mm. any, any wandering hero yeah, the, show. The wandering hero, black leather, tough guy. Uh, the Searcher himself, and his name is The Searcher. Yeah. Uh, was played by, uh, rather brilliantly, by Diedrich Bader from The Drew Carey Show. Uh, Drew Carey <coughs> Show, Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the voice of Batman in Batman the Brave and the Bold. Uh, and he was on a couple of Cancel Too Soon series, including mm-hmm. one called Outsourced, which is about, uh, uh, I guess, an American who goes to an Indian call center to work. Topical. All I'm right. Sure it's, I'm sure it's great. Um, he was also in uh, the Beverly Hillbillies, That's which right. was directed by one of the producers mm-hmm. of Danger Theater, Penelope uh, Spheris. Penelope Spheris, who of course directed Wayne's World and the Decline of Western Civilization. Um, um, the yeah, next, and yeah. she was writing because this aired like in in summer of '93, and Wayne's World came out I think in May of '92. The, the early and, '90s uh, was a good time to be Penelope Spheris. Yeah, she was getting she, a lot of opportunities and directing a lot of relatively popular comedies. And uh, and she's also a very talented director and interesting person. Yeah. And I wish she was getting more work these days. Um, yeah. I'm sure she's doing a lot of TV, but. Uh, yeah, she directed Wayne's World. She was riding high. They let her sort of produce her own comedy series, and this was one of the things she came up with with a battery of creators. Yeah, uh, the other two creators were Mike Scott, who wrote for Webster and Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction, uh, and Robert Wolterstorff, uh, who wrote for... Great name. Great name. He wrote for Quantum Leap, The Jeffersons, Beyond Belief, uh, the Cancel Too Soon series Street Hawk, which we will get to one of these days. He also co-wrote the screenplay to The Little Rascals movie, which was directed by Penelope Spheres. So okay. clearly they worked together well. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the other two sto- uh, shows, which we'll talk about in more detail, mm-hmm. there was Tropical Punch, which mm-hmm. was basically a Hawaii Five-0 uh, knockoff starring the great Adam West. Which from, ba- from Batman, look well in the last precinct. Well, I was about to say this is the third episode of Cancel Too Soon to feature Adam West, so yeah. you, you would think he's like one of the failingest actors yeah. around. As but a he's comedy a, still crime a fighter, no less. As a comedy look crime, well that's and right. the last precinct was both. He was a dopey mm. crime fighter, and and, when, a, and this one he's a dopey cop, yeah. and he's he's teamed up with uh, two other cops, and they solve mm. pretty generic crimes in Hawaii. Yeah, and uh, the last show, which they only did one episode of this one, mm. was. 357 Marina Del Rey, which is about a pair of private detectives who are like... They're really... Uh, they're L.A. like uh, yuppie types. Yeah, they, they they run their business out of a table at someone else's coffee shop. And, and, they, and, and they're, they're obs- not really good at it. And they're obsessed with fashion and they're really shallow and kind of dumb. Yeah. And one of them is played by... <laughs> oh, uh, Todd, Todd Field. Field, who directed In the Bedroom. In the Bedroom, Little Children, mm-hmm. he co-starred in Eyes Wide Shut. He was also in the Adam West show Look Well, which we reviewed, I think it was our <laughs> second episode? Third third episode. Third episode. Sorry. It was early on. We did Look Well. Early, early on. Um, so yeah, so there's a whole bunch of different shows. We'll, we'll talk about them in, in general. Mm-hmm. What I think is kind of interesting about Danger Theater is that um, there's really not a lot connecting these shows, but they have Robert mm-hmm. Vaughn 
play him anyway. It's like Robert Vaughn is in his own show, yeah. where he's almost doing like uh, America's and, Most Wanted, and like a of, Robert Stack impersonation, because he's always talking very seriously about and, crime mm-hmm. and how crime is a big deal. One There's of the one, episodes, he, he holds up a, a sign saying that when Danger Theater is on the air, crime plummets, yeah. which means all of our viewers are criminals. They, they come inside to watch Danger Theater. <laughs> and so the show must be kept on 24 hours a day in its own <laughs> it's Danger key, Theater yeah. network in order to fight crime. And uh, and the joke, of course, is that we never see him, but like uh, the, a director or a cameraman, somebody's mm. off camera, mm. kind of telling him to shut up or to get back on track. Yeah, you know? stop talking about your crotch. <laughs> like that's actually one line that's in that that's they a red opening. They rented me this tux. Rides up in the crotch. Stop talking about your crotch. Well, it does. <laughs> yes. Robert. Here's the great thing about Danger Theater about Robert Vaughn, and I guess throughout the entire thing is these are slapstick. These are like broad slapstick. They're not, almost cartoony. They're not quite um, a police squad level humor, but they're but at least the Naked in, Gun thirty three and a third. It's level in, yeah, humor. it's definitely in that school. And you have Adam West, you have Diedrich Bader, and you have Robert Vaughn, uh, sort of as the I guess the three big stars of the show mm. of their various segments, and they are all across the board playing it totally deadpan. Mm-hmm. There's never sort of a wink. They never acknowledge how silly any of this is, and I think that's what makes the show work as well, well as it I does. Think I think uh, uh, Diedrich Bader in particular is playing up his character because Diedrich Bader in The Searcher mm-hmm. is playing cartoonish tough guys. Yeah. He's wearing all leather, like uh, Marlon Brando in The Wild mm-hmm. One. He's driving a Harley Davidson, and he talks like this all the time, no matter <laughs> what exactly he's talking about. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I can't even do that without and, a drink of water. Um, and uh, and uh, he's, he's constantly flirting with hot chicks, but they're like shooting him down constantly you know it's, it's well, let's let's start talking about the searcher so right. the searcher is a, a, a parody mostly of renegade that's certainly what it is visually name checking mm-hmm. and indeed if you watch uh the opening credits of the searcher and then watch the opening credits of renegade if it wasn't for a plane falling on Dietrich Bader <laughs> at the end, kind of the same. You, 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 you would be hard-pressed to tell which one was the parody i'm actually gonna uh play you uh the opening credit bit for the searcher right wait for it uh-huh Meow. Someone needs help, so they call me. That's what I do. I help people in trouble. So he's got that like <laughs> that that really so gruff, that, serious mm. voice. But then seriously, go to YouTube, yeah, he, watch he, the opening credits of Renegade. It's just as absurd, if not more so. <laughs> so yeah, Diedrich Bader pulls up. He kind of looks at the camera, and then uh, a light, the the noise you heard, a light plane fell. It didn't land on him. It, yeah, like fell vertically straight down on top of. It's him. like a bigger plane dropped a smaller it's, plane on it, Diedrich it, it Bader. Is, it is a really fantastic visual gag and it's, yeah. it's timed so perfectly. In fact, the slapstick is timed out pretty damn well in this show. Uh, pretty well. Uh, it's, it's another show where it's, it's it, this, the problem, the thing with um, the hmm. searcher is it's trying on different kinds of humor kind of simultaneously. And it yeah. doesn't always know what the joke is on some level. It's actually playing a parody of these sort of wandering hero, get involved anytime someone is in trouble uh-huh. uh, type shows, everything from uh Knight Rider to the incredible Hulk to hmm. whatever. 
Um, kung, but it's kung fu. But it's also really slapsticky. So it's like so. In addition to being a tough guy who isn't as tough as he sounds, mm. who gets who tries to get in a different romance every single week, but that only reveals just how truly lonely he is. <laughs> which I think is the closest thing the searcher comes to salient some, commentary. Some kind of pathos, yeah. Yeah, well, not even pathos, just actually commenting on the genuine tragedy of all these shows it's satirizing. Uh-huh. But then he's also just super accident prone, and things mm. just keep hitting him. And, and so, not, in some cases, just kind of randomly yeah and it seems like that maybe is a slightly different joke uh-huh. they're still funny but well, it's, it seems it's, like it might even be funnier if he was just that badass uh-huh. and he wasn't constantly getting hit by things and you know mm-hmm. like he's because he'll just be standing there and a car will hit him yeah like every time like it's 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 I silly think after hit, a while i think he gets hit by a car in every episode i was actually surprised when i saw well, I the opening credits multiple times that mm-hmm. they kept dropping a plane on him mm-hmm. i figured they pull a thing like reno 911 where it's yeah, the they, same setup but every week it's a new joke and yeah something else would fall on him yeah um that that was uh, the opening to the the comedy series the edge which i would love to do someday but we cannot find not yet uh, anyway. where the, the entire cast would die at the beginning of the episode yeah um no i mean i think that's a, just another way of sort of satirizing his toughness you know these tough guys are cool in any situation and they survive everything. Wouldn't it be funny if this guy was just essentially being killed by random crap every mm-hmm. like every ten minutes or so? Yeah, and he and it, it's it's like death level accidents. Like he gets smashed by cars or gets set on fire. Yeah, it's you know it's stuff that only Tom and Jerry could survive. Now a lot of these searcher episodes are direct parodies of other crime movies. Mm. Uh, so the first episode was Fatal Distraction. Uh-huh. Get it. It's a fatal attraction. It's like that movie. Uh, the Michael Douglas type character comes to him and says, I had an affair. She turned out to be mm. a psycho. And mm. the searcher said, well, I can take care of her. And of course, he ends up kind of falling for her. Well, he doesn't really prevent much. <laughs> he's, he's immediately like he is so lonely mm. and so awkward with women that he just he can't help but but sort of flirt. Like, yeah. um, exactly what were you wearing the time these girls were Yeah, exactly. He's, <laughs> like, he's talking to this girl and she's like dressed a combination between Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct mm. and Marilyn Monroe in mm. The Seven Year Edge. And he's just completely enamored of her and she's saying, of course, that this guy has actually been hassling her and leaving her disturbing phone calls and he says, what were you wearing when he made these calls? <laughs> and she was like, I sleep in the nude. And he yeah. says, Good, good for you. you. <laughs> like you're doing America a service. Good for you. <laughs> um, well, I love what he said. She asks, is that important? And I love the way Diedrich Bader says, he's like, well, it may not be important to you, but it's important to me. <laughs> and it should, and sometimes it's like, it's not creepy because he's so pathetic yeah, at it yeah, yeah. and it never works. Like no one ever, he gets a, he gets a kiss on the cheek once but mm. he never gets the girl it's never <laughs> successful they know he's pathetic oh. and so it actually is kind of funny well, that and, and he's he, just so he taken with a, with pretty ladies that he can't focus on anything and, else and he seems to be unable to hold back sort of the piggish things he says there's an episode where he's, he's uh uh, helping out a, de- a clothing designer. Yeah. And he falls in love with the star model, of course. He's yeah. like, I love the way you wear that dress. Okay, kind of creepy. Still within the bounds, especially when you're in a modeling agency. And then he says, especially the way it clings to your firm buttocks. And it's like, and, eh, too and far. She, and she says, excuse me? No, nothing, nothing. He just sort of backs down yeah, immediately. He, yeah, he knows he's he socially no, awkward. No charm whatsoever, which, None. again, flies in the face of these tough guys. You can just bed whatever women they want. They're not all Patrick Swayze. <laughs> no. So, uh, so he's helping this guy out, and yeah. much like the boiled bunny in Fatal Attraction, she keeps leaving him, this guy, like, animal-related problems. Like, she fills his car full of rats, mm-hmm. and then when he meets the, the searcher at a Chuck E. Cheese, 
the mm. Chuck E. Cheese like gives the guy a pizza. A flashback. And he gets like a rat PTSD. <laughs> He's like, ah, rats. <laughs> and then uh, the serger sees someone like give their grandmother like a 90th birthday, uh, 90th birthday cake with a sparkler on it. Well, yeah. And he immediately douses the cake with well, his leather jacket. He takes off his leather jacket and yeah, and smothers the, the, the entire cake under his jacket. Because fireworks are illegal in this state. And then he gives him a thumbs up and says, have a safe and sane birthday. But then his jacket is on fire and he's just on fire as he's walking out of the Chuck E. Cheese. This show is hilarious, man. I, I, this show is so funny. The show has a lot of belly laughs, but it has a lot that falls flat for me. Well, it's, okay. It's, it's not... The, the it's, Tropical Punch stuff isn't nearly as hot as The Searcher, that's no, the, for sure. The Searcher, I think, is the definite highlight here. Mm. It's the most cleanly... Not only... They're not just parodying a show. They have a take on it. Mm. And Diedrich Bader is kind of owning this character. Yeah. That This one, I think, is definitely the highlight of the whole series. And you can tell because they end up dedicating whole episodes to The Searcher. Mm. So The Searcher ends up um, sort of getting the, the psycho lady to kidnap the other guy. I don't know why that's his plan. It's a stupid plan. <laughs> I mean, I know he's a stupid character, but even that doesn't make any sense. But then she takes him to his, she takes the poor guy to her apartment mm. and starts cooking for him and saying passive aggressive things and she's about to kill him. And the searcher can't get into the building. He tries to break into with into it with a call box mm. and electrocutes himself. Mm. He tries zip lining, but of course he hits a window and a pigeon falls on his head. And then um what I do kind of like about The Searcher, actually, and I think it's another thing that, that borders on commentary, hmm. every week in a lot of these shows, uh, the hero usually runs into someone with who's like kind of dangerously handling a very real problem. Hmm. You know, like he actually, on almost every episode, he promises that the, per that the culprit, the hmm. criminal, will go to the blankety-blank home for the criminally insane. Yeah, you know he's gonna have a lot of therapy after this. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so that he doesn't he doesn't just shoot them. He sends them off to get help. Like he asks he asks her like you know you you don't want to kill him. What do you want? Well, want and she thinks about it. Respect. respect? And it only says I respect you. I want to be wanted. I want you. <laughs> that's all. That's all. They all required. Yeah. He's actually like cares about their feelings because he wants to help people. That's the thing. Like, you, even that's though what I do. Even, I help people. Even though trouble. he's a dope, and he's a dope. He's, he's a, a stupid human being. <laughs> he's a stupid, socially awkward human being that even when he is terrible at everything and ruins everything, he is at least in it for an innocent reason, so you don't mind. Mm. Like, you actually do kind of want to watch his adventures. <laughs> uh, the second episode of The Searcher... Yeah. Uh, Phantom of Fashion, the one I alluded to already. Yeah, which is basically the Phantom of the Opera, but it's at a fashion um, studio? Like, yeah, it's, it's, a, like, it's like a clothing designer, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's... A star model, and then there's this creepy Italian dude who's living in the walls of, of the building, claiming that all of his ideas were stolen. And in fact, he invented every piece of fashion ever. Yeah. And in fact, he, he pulls on the searcher's outfit and says, I designed this for Brando in the Wild One back in 1954, or whatever it was. Yeah. So uh, DJ Bader goes to the studio, he flirts with everybody, and it's awkward, and then he, he finds out that the he, bad guy he has... Char charges into the women's dressing room, and they have the good taste to throw him on his ass. That's right. <laughs> But he finds out that the villain has a studio apartment in the sewers underneath the fashion studio. Um, and, Do you remember uh, the designer's name? Oh, I wrote it down. It Hang Oscar on. De La Gavant. Yes. Well done indeed. Um, and the searcher, and this also happens almost every episode of the searcher, the searcher mm. ends up getting kidnapped 
or mm. uh, tied to a death trap or locked in a closed mm. room and has to find some way to escape. This one's kind of funny though because he's basically just tied to a wall mm. and he really has to go to the bathroom. And Dietrich Bader's <laughs> I have because to pee dance. dance. Yeah. yeah, his dance when he has to urinate is actually very funny. He must have practiced that very... Because let me tell you something. When I have to pee, it's not funny. It's a sad story. But when Dietrich Bader has to pee, the it's world lights up. It's a sad story. It's just what you do. It's sad, it's sad for me. And, and, and that, that actually, that's actually a setup and a payoff because yeah. you know, he, they plan on flooding the basement and as it begins to flood, water hits him in the back. Yeah. He's like, where's that water coming from? And he looks at the camera and says, I hope it's not me. <laughs> so he escapes from that by yeah. sheer luck and then he starts talking about, ah, back when I was a kid, my mother used to tell me not to go into sewers because people flush their alligators. <laughs> <laughs> There's Mom. an alligator. <laughs> no, no. What he says is, ha, moms. They sure do love to scare their kids. As if that's normal. <laughs> and then he sees an alligator, and oh no, there's an alligator. Well, he says they sure do love to scare their kids. And then without a beat, just, oh, there's an alligator. <laughs> so the, the phantom of the fashion studio, of course, wants to drop a chandelier on the woman mm-hmm. he's stalking. But what I love is Dietrich Bader shoves her out of the way and then puts his St- hands up. Stands underneath the, the chandelier trying to catch it. Yeah, I tried to save your chandelier. <laughs> Which again, he's trying to be helpful. I kind of like it. And then what he says is, when once like the Phantom is trying to kill everybody again, he says, you don't want to kill everybody. You want a job. <laughs> yep. You want a fashion design again. And he's like, I, I do, actually. <laughs> You'll make your comeback at the Rudy Gernwright Home for Deranged Designers. <laughs> Because that's a thing in this universe. Um, now, the next episode of The Searcher is actually the first of two half-hour episodes of The Searcher. No, there was no, also... Actually, there was a, uh, that was four and five. Oh, your apologies. Um, yeah, no, the next so one is actually Comes a Searcher. Comes a Searcher. Which is the Western episode. Yeah, which very transparently was uh, shot on the... This is a Universal show. It was produced by Universal. Mm-hmm. They have the big Universal backlot. They just went back there and shot. You they, know, it, it there's was, a couple of Universal backlot episodes yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of The Searcher in particular. So they go to their ghost and, town and at it, Universal Studios. It seems as if there's only three people in this episode. There's, there, that, there's the Searcher, there's the babe in distress, and there's the villain, and there doesn't seem to be anybody else. When we reviewed Cliffhangers, each show in Cliffhangers was actually like a somewhat expensive production. It was a real production, mm. real sets, lots of supporting characters, money thrown at it. They had no money for Danger Theater. <laughs> a lot of the episodes of Danger Theater are the main stars and one other person uh-huh. of each different show so they really were keeping it uh, pretty mm-hmm. cheap so in this one there's a young woman who bought a ghost town which i guess is a thing you do <laughs> she bought a little patch of the universal back lot yeah so uh and it's, she, it's it, this one most of them feel a little bit scooby-doo-ish because the entire show feels really cartoony this one feels especially scooby oh this is totally scooby-doo yeah. because there's a guy in a mask pretending to be the ghost of an old west hero mm. named el muerto leather gringo mm. Uh, who is trying to chase her off of her land. So she contacts the searcher. The searcher comes by, picks up a, a horseshoe that she was, like, she blacksmithing. Was, she was, she was, yeah, she was hammering it out. It was still white hot. And he picks it up and holds it for a moment. And it has to be told that it's hot before he really feels pain. Yeah. It's like his nerves don't quite reach he's, his brain. He's a cartoon character. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't realize he's running on nothing unless he looks down. Right. So, so he whimpers a little bit in pain and then shoves his fist into yeah. a bucket of water. He says nice horsey to her horse, and of course the horse kicks him across mm-hmm. the, the, the whole highway. At one point he uh, confronts the villain, who is mm-hmm. not a ghost, of course, but just some guy who wants to run her off the land. Uh, puts, puts him in a prison. He's able to break out with the rope at a horse, but of course ties the rope around himself rather than the bars. I love what he says when he, cause he, what he's doing is he's actually touring 
the ghost town for a minute and he's like sees the saloon and he pretends to be at a saloon he goes to the sheriff's office and says ah I wonder how many beatings took place here which is <laughs> like kind of wistfully yeah um, and uh, he ends up there's there's a big one of those sticks of dynamite that's like a bunch of sticks of dynamite mm, little bun- bundle of dynamite sticks yeah. so the guy's gonna blow up the young lady with the dynamite and then Dietrich Bader can't like undo the fuse everything yeah, he tries he to unlight the fuse he steps on it and it relights and yeah then... it's, it's like one of those birthday cakes that keep catching mm. fire again like it, he can't if this were it. truly a cartoon he would have like swallowed it and it would have blown up inside of him it, yeah. I, it wouldn't have surprised me if they'd gone there <laughs> uh, but in the end he saves the day and the uh, bad guy's gonna go to the quote Tucson Arizona home for old wacko cowboys <laughs> I love that you wrote all those down <laughs> <laughs> really great for old wacko cowboys and then the real ghost of El Muerto Leather mm. Gringo shows up and warns the searcher that there's a bus behind him mm. and then the searcher gets hit by a bus mm. The end. Then there's this weird joke when it cuts to Robert Vaughn as he's got a horse in his office and he's shoveling away horse poo. And he says, you'd better think twice before you leave the advertising game. And I'm like, that's a, that's a thinker. That's a thinker, Robert Vaughn. What, and leave show business? Like, my God. I'd rather be a movie star. Oh, here's your shovel. Okay, so... Uh, then, the, then we had two episodes of nothing but The Searcher. And The Searcher is, uh, again, well-conceived enough, and the storylines are so simple and arch mm-hmm. and kind of come with their own dramatic structure that The Searcher can carry a 30-minute episode, episode. Uh, Yeah, it's only, and plus, if you take away sort of the, uh, the host segments, it's only about 20 minutes of screen time. And to mm-hmm. be frank... That's all the searcher needs. Oh, the searcher you, you could never be an hour long you show. You couldn't do like a, a searcher feature film, for instance. No, but you could do a well, 20, I, suppose, I suppose you could. You could like do a twenty minute searcher sort of segment and yeah. get away with it. Um, so the next episode was "Go Ahead, mm. Fry Me," uh, which uh, the, is the Rockstar episode. Yeah, the searcher is hired to protect a heavy metal star who has apparently what? a dangerous fan who is sending him rattlesnakes in the mail. Mm. And he keeps getting these gifts. He's like, cool, I got another gift. His girlfriend says, that's going to be another weird, like, deadly animal from your psycho fan. I don't care. And he rips it open, and it's yeah. a deadly animal. Yeah, it's, another t- it's a tarantula, uh, and he throws the tarantula and hits a searcher in the face. Uh, the searcher, since he's a leather guy, is, of course, also a metalhead. That They sort of go hand in glove. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, is really enamored of this rock star, and, but keeps getting stuff wrong. He's like, hey, I loved your record. That was a Megadeth record. Yeah. So uh, it all boils down mm. to someone's the, the stalker is going to kill mm. the singer uh, on stage. The singer is not unlike Alice Cooper. He has a lot of like really elaborate mm. horror stage effects. And his big centerpiece is when they put him in an electric chair and he's electrocuted. Mm. But they put an actual bomb underneath the chair and the searcher has to like get into the concert in order to warn him. But of course, none of the bouncers believe he's actually mm. part of the band because the only <laughs> instrument he knows how to play is the harmonica. Mm. <laughs> um, Wait, and echoes of Wayne's World all over this one. Oh, yeah. Which and had I, the actual Alice Cooper, if you recall. Penelope Sphere has only directed the pilot, but this definitely mm. feels... Like she directed several of these. I think she only did the pilot. No, she did like okay. yeah, she did like four or five of these things. Well, then I oh. I only I kept looking and I only saw oh, her name okay. the one time. Maybe I missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, the only notable there's a couple of notable guest stars throughout the series, but not too many big ones. Uh, this one had Liz Vassy, who was in 77 episodes of CSI. Okay. Um, as yeah. the uh, heavy metal groupie. Well, since this came at a time right when I was watching a lot of TV and movies, I recognized every single supporting player mm-hmm. from something else. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's like um, uh, like you couldn't name them, but you know you've seen them before. Like MC Ganey shows up in an episode of Tropical yeah. Punch. We'll get to him. Terry Funk uh, shows up in an episode of Tropical yeah, Punch. <laughs> Uncredited. No kidding. Yeah, he's not in the credits. He's not even on IMDb, um, but it's clearly Terry Funk. Oh, shoot. Terry um, Funk from Tequila and Benetti, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, my wife pointed out to me that in this, in the uh, an episode of the surgery, bursts into a garage and there's two teenagers there. Mm-hmm. One of them says, "Hey, gnarly Harley." That kid went on to do like other, like he was in Twenty Four. He was like a notable uh, player. Eric Balfour. Eric Balfour. That's Eric him. Balfour is perhaps most notable for his role as the jerk kid in Ten Things I Hate About You. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you watched any teen TV or movies in like the late nineties, early two thousands, you knew Eric Balfour. Mm-hmm. He was just one of those guys. He showed up in an episode of Danger Theater. There you go. Uh, episode five mm-hmm. of Danger Theater was an old friend for dinner, which, which is, is the Silence of the, the Lambs. Of the Lambs. And it's it like seen by scene perfunctory Silence of the Lambs yeah, stuff. Yeah, with, with only slight differences. There's a girl who gets kidnapped. They're not going to make a woman's suit, but the guy is going to eat her because mm. he is a fan of mm. their, he's a copycat of the Hannibal Lecter type killer mm. who is uh, Andre the Gourmet. Mm. Uh, who is played by Sam Anderson, who is a very recognizable character actor. Yeah. He played the principal who slept with Sally Field and Forrest Gump. <laughs> uh, he was in Doubt, uh, the first two episodes of Doubt. He was the oh, judge yeah, yeah, yeah. who was sleeping with his wife who had Alzheimer's, and there was a court case about whether or not she was able to give consent, uh, which is a really dark and weird and creepy episode, and the show doesn't bring, fully address it as well as it brings up some sticky ethical questions that yeah. doesn't quite work its way through. And uh, um, yes, to answer your question, we're going to get to Doubt pretty soon. We're going to finish it. <laughs> Out. They they burned off the last few episodes yeah, of the, the summer. We'll finish that. The uh, in order to sort of get things moving, as it were, uh, you know, the, the searcher has to go talk to Andre the Gourmet, and Andre the Gourmet is able to kind of hypnotize the searcher as one would hypnotize a chicken. Yeah. By and somehow that allows him to switch places with the searcher. So he goes out in the searcher's outfit, and the searcher is in the home for the criminally insane. So yeah, and he has to be like rehabilitated for, and become not a cannibal. Uh, and, and he has to, yeah, essentially get out of prison and find the girl who's about to be eaten by one or the other of them, of the two cannibal serial killers in this episode. He's he's trying to romance the doctor who is uh, the therapist for Andre mm. the Gourmet. And he actually has, it's not a good line, mm-hmm. but it's a line that clearly some writing went into and I appreciate, <laughs> which was, uh, you've dedicated your life to the criminally insane. Mm. Won't you give me just one weekend? <laughs> And I'm like, okay, you know what? He put thought into that into that joke. It's not it's not a good pickup line, but I get yeah. it. I uh, get the, it. And the 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 gag of the entire second half is that he can't find them. Yeah. And uh, he has an address, but he keeps going to the wrong street. Yeah. Or the the number on the house is broken. And yeah. of course, his only approach is to drive his motorcycle through a garage door. So the first thing he does is he drives through mm. the garage door. It's not the bad guy. And he gives them his card and says he'll reimburse them for the damages. Mm. Then he drives through another one and it's Eric Balfour and his friends and they're playing skee ball or something. They're playing ping pong. Playing ping pong. Yeah. And he gives them their card and says he'll reimburse them for the damages. After he does this a couple more times, he stops bursting through the wall because he's out of money. <laughs> can't, can't afford all these garage doors. So he finally gets to the right house. Oh, he oh, has but, to just uh, sneak sorry. in. We, we forgot to mention, though, when he gets out of the prison, he's at, back in his his searcher outfit, like the uh, leather, and he's like, well, it's a good thing I always travel with an extra pair of leathers. <laughs> <laughs> he has an extra set of clothes with him at all times. So Andre the Gourmet is going to eat not only uh, the victim, but also the copycat because he has mm. terrible taste. You're going to put paprika and garlic in the same dish? Mm-mm. I <laughs> he's a gourmet it's in his name i know but it, it the way he prepares him it's not like you know he, they're hanging on meat hooks or anything from like a 
Texas Chainsaw. Like, they're just tied to a table in a flesh-colored suit. And he's like... Or, it's like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. He's like arranging lettuce on their still living bodies. Yeah, you know, you know like, like, like you see in cartoons where someone yeah. would be like on a spit with an apple in their yeah, mouth. Or, like or they'd be in like a that. pot of water that's not even boiling and someone would be slicing carrots into the water already. It's, yeah, so the <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. The searcher does manage to rescue them. And then at the end, he warns the girl because she was she was kidnapped the exact same way the girl's kidnapped in Silence of the Lambs with the guy with the cast yeah. on his arm help having someone help him move a heavy thing into a van and then he closes the van yeah. and he warns the girl girl now don't talk to strangers and then he immediately sees someone doing the same thing across the street with a a, a bass violin <laughs> yeah and a cello or, i think or it's a, a large stringed instrument yeah and he helps them out and he says i hope you like show tunes and he closes <laughs> yeah, the door on the searcher and the searcher hears show tunes and he's like no he's kidnapped by yet another psycho just sort Indeed. of randomly um yeah and then episode six <laughs> is move my lips this is the the ventriloquist dummy episode. Yeah, it's a we- this is a weird episode, actually. This has been a weird episode it, 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 of anything. It reminded me of Tales from the Crypt more than anything. Yeah. But uh, and did you do you remember the uh, ventriloquist dummy? Well, one of the ventriloquist I've dummy episodes. I've seen many ventriloquist dummy of Tales from the Crypt. The one with Bob Goldthwait and Don Rickles. No, I didn't see that one. Oh, that's a stupid episode. They often are. So oh, there's yeah, like they're... a Howdy Doody type show uh, with like a kindly TV host. And the searcher was a big fan when he was a kid. And he has a dummy who's a little cowboy. That's right. But it turns out the dummy mm. is actually a little person. In, in a dummy costume. Yeah. And turns no out one he has noticed. He wasn't a ventriloquist, but he figured they could do more impressive things if they had just a live actor in there. And yeah. he's been hidden from the camera. People think he's been a dummy this whole time. So he's going to, so the, the, the. And to make matters worse, he's not paid very well and he's treated like dirt by his co-star. So he's planning to kill his, Mm. you know, supposedly human co-star as opposed to the doll is human supposedly a doll whatever anyway uh he's he's on he's gonna be on a murder spree but it turns out all he really wanted was money well yeah well he wanted money and he wanted credit but when he was finally confronted at the end he said do you do you want to sort of what you need to do is go on camera and announce yourself to the world and then he thinks for a minute he's like no actually if i do that i'll disappoint millions of children i'll just go back in the dummy costume just give me a bunch of money and we'll be good i kind of like that the searcher even though he's been hired by the uh uh the the host of the show. Uh-huh. Once he finds out what's actually happening, he immediately sides uh, mm-hmm. with the dummy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, I, I am, I'm not on your side. I'm on the side of righteousness. <laughs> and he actually, yeah. And he actually like solves their problem mm-hmm. pretty handily. This is another episode, which is a universal backlot episode, but it's actually <laughs> set on the backlot of something. Mm-hmm. So he's just walking around with it's all of these stage set of, people. Set of a TV set. Yeah. yeah they're, they're, and there used to be, I don't think they do it anymore, but there used to be at Universal Studios, people dressed like old movie stars, like Lucille Ball and Clark mm-hmm. Gable. And he just walked up to all of them and gave terrible impersonations of like mm-hmm. Scarlett O'Hara or Desi. It was, it was embarrassing for everyone. Yes, it was. There's one kind of funny bit where he's he's on the set of, uh, he sees the set of Backdraft, and he oh. opens the door like, one little peak won't hurt, and then he's immediately he's cased immolated, in flames, yeah. which is actually still pretty funny. Like, uh, I don't the, know that. the bit I liked is he, he walks onto the set of you know the cowboy show that he watched as a boy, and he pitches himself as a boy, and we see the, the searcher as a boy, still wearing the leathers, and the boy searcher wanders forward, and the boy searcher is killed by like a falling piece of equipment. He flashes back to the present, and he's okay. Like, so we're not really sure what happened there. Yeah, that's a weird bit. Like, he, I, I, it's like he, and even in his fantasies, he dies. I don't... Like, even if he's feel, he's feeling like a boy again, and even when he's feeling like a boy in his mind, he's he dies. Oh, yeah. 
Good times. A little, little bit of absurdist uh, absurdism that I like there. Um, so, uh, yeah. So he solves the problem, and uh, that's that's basically that. And then the last episode of The Searcher is Searcher in the Mist. Another <laughs> weird one. Which where, is a, uh, a girl is in the mist riff. Uh, yes. Where he is hired to find an escaped orangutan. Who has been who trained is... to kill Saddam Hussein, but they only got as far as the mustache. So the orangutan might kill anyone who has a mustache. <laughs> a, a big, thick, bushy mustache. One so, of the lines is, I better find that monkey before he tries to kill Tom Selleck. <laughs> so uh, he runs off to try to find the monkey. Turns out the monkey actually isn't particularly well trained to be an assassin. Mm-hmm. And he hands up... Not having an affair with kind the monkey, just, just but bond, they get bonding, really... Bonding with the, the monkey. <laughs> it's it's kind of like that $6 million man episode with the Bigfoot. It's just sort of like, what, is, what are you doing? Yeah. I, I imagine they, they probably knew they were going off the air at this point, so it's like, let's just do the absurd thing. Well, what's, what's the weirdest... Mo- well, what's that one where Clint Eastwood tools around with a monkey? Yeah. We'll do that one. <laughs> We have the orangutan. We got to use it for something. And it's a little baby orangutan. You can't. You can't yeah. really. Tr- I don't. I think full like chimpanzees. I know they have this problem when you see a chimp in a movie. It's always really small because it's young. Yeah. And because the when they get older, yeah. they get really aggressive, and yeah. you can't train an aggressive adult chimpanzee. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, that's that's a searcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the other show where they did multiple episodes. Oh. Tropical Punch. Uh, Tropical Punch was the Hawaii Five-O riff. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, and, and it, it actually had the cast on, of more than one character. Yeah, uh, there, there was Adam West mm-hmm. was sort of the lead of the uh, trio of cops. Yeah, he's the captain of the mm-hmm. Tropical Punch unit mm-hmm. uh, in Hawaii. And of course, he's playing adult like he usually does. Yeah, this this g- clueless old dude. Uh, there's Billy Morissette mm-hmm. playing the uh, very passionate younger yeah, detective. Tom, Tommy McCormick who, is the detective's he name. He tends to go off on long rants about justice and finding the perpetrator at all costs. Uh, and, and, and specifically Joe Tuma. He talks yeah. about, and I know this is another one of the people of Joe Tuma. And we never see Joe Tuma, but we talk about how all of these crimes are somehow lead all back to this one criminal master. Joe Tuma was definitely going to be the nemesis uh-huh. On this show. And I can't but wonder who was going to play Joe Tuma. My theory is Dana Carvey. My theory is we would never see Joe Tuma. Uh, like, occasionally we'd see, like, his hand or, like, the back of his head in a helicopter or something, but we'd never actually see him. Oh, that makes sense, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Morris said his career never quite took off, but you might recall uh, him from Pump Up the Volume, Ghoulies Go to College. <laughs> ah, that hit. And the Cancel Too Soon series, One of the Boys with Maria Conchita Alonzo. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, dr- rounding out the Tropical Punch trio, we've got Peter Navy Tuia Sosopo, mm. who is an American Samoan well, actor. Well done. Thank you. I think <laughs> I got that right. Um, and you might recall him from uh, the film Necessary Roughness, which is one of my favorites as a kid. Oh, I like that one. He was yeah, in Street Fighter the movie as E. Honda. Right, and right, he, right. He doesn't have like a particularly like uh, prolific career, but he's still around. And you see, recently in some episodes of The New Girl. All right, um, so there you go. And he plays. If you need uh, a big Samoan guy, I guess he was your go-to. Yeah, and I, I remember in Necessary Roughness. I think it was much larger in Necessary Roughness. Which was around the I think same. They played time. up his largeness because he was or, playing or a they, football or, player, or they put a suit on him that just yeah. made him look bigger. And uh, I remember when he introduced himself to Scott Bakula, I was like, "Hey, and here's my name. It means the runt of the litter." It's yes. like, you're, you're a giant guy. Yeah, I come from a family of very large men. <laughs> no, like, he doesn't even say you're a giant guy. He's like, the runs of the litter? Yeah, yeah. all my brothers are big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but he's, listen, he's got a nice sort of affable charm, but he's not a particularly skilled actor. No. But he's not asked to do much here. He's basically asked to be the big guy who punches people for mm. Adam West, and he's often eating. <laughs> That's kind of his shtick. And in well, every episode he's, he's of, the same. He's essentially the same character from Chuck Norris' Karate Commandos. Yeah, kind of. So he's, he's uh, yeah, they go off in adventures. In the first episode, uh, a man is assassinated by a ninja. Mm. Uh, but he was he was accidentally assassinated. The ninja was trying to assassinate a U.S. senator mm. who was going after Tuma. Is it Joe no. Tuma? Joe Joe Tuma. Uh, yeah. Joe, Joe Tuma uses ninjas to assassinate people, and Joe Tuma was trying to take down the senator. That's right. They assume. Yeah. Uh, and Adam West is, of course, completely clueless. He sees the guy with, like, ninja stars in his chest, mm. and he says, what an unusual brooch. Mm. And uh, Peter Navy Tuia Sasobo yeah, says... Uh, those are uh, ninja stars. No, those, yeah, those are ninja stars, not a brooch. <laughs> um, so they're trying to stop the ninja and mm. to protect the senator, of course. Adam West goes undercover as a lounge singer, which... He, which is Don Ho. He, he's, he dresses as Don Ho. He sings Tiny Bubbles. Yeah. Does that um, a lot. Um, and he, he, of course, is const- like the searcher. He's constantly distracted by hot ladies. He's constantly flirting. Mm-hmm. He's very easily distracted. Yeah, he falls asleep a lot. Yeah, there's, and in fact, uh, we didn't mention this when we were talking about the searcher, but at the end of every episode of, of Danger Theater, there would be a stinger over the credits, which is essentially just B-roll of like them mugging with no music at all. Yeah. And one of the, the gags from this first episode of Tropical Punch was him falling asleep. And then at the very end, someone would say, would you like some coffee? And he would say, no, thank you. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night when he's falling asleep on the couch. Walk up. And there's an extended take of that over the credits. Just Adam West repeatedly falling asleep for about 60 seconds. Yeah. yeah. And you can tell they were very, very fond of that footage, but didn't have anything else to do with it. <laughs> um, the next episode of Tropical Punch was Aloha, Rich Man, Goodbye. <laughs> which is about a woman who kills rich men. Not for their money, she just hates them. <laughs> uh, so they uh, they find the body on the beach. Adam West, of course, assumes it's an accidental death. Uh-huh. And uh, as they're talking about who could possibly have killed this guy, the body washes out to sea, and Adam West is like, it'll be back. <laughs> it's <laughs> the tide. Washes back out, oh, it'll come back. <laughs> and it does, and they just sort of ignore it. They step over it later. Yeah. Um, so they send Billy Morissette oh. undercover as a rich middle-aged man because Adam West is completely oblivious to the fact that he qualifies. That he's a middle-aged man. Um, and uh, Billy Morissette is, meets up with the so-called Black Widow, which is funny because she doesn't actually marry them. Mm. Um, and he goes off, he's completely seduced, and they go off to a cliff because that's her MO. She shoves people off cliffs. <laughs> and Adam West and Peter Navy Tuia Sosopo, mm. like can't find them on their you, tracker. They're constantly his, getting... His character is named Himoki. You can call him Himoki. I like... Listen, I learned how to say Tuia Sosopo. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. Oh. God, I hope I'm getting it right. Mm. Um, and uh, they, they keep trying to track him down with a tracking device and a helicopter, but they keep getting lost. Mm. They end up in a volcano. Adam West gets distracted and wants to buzz pretty waterfalls. Mm. Um, <laughs> and in the end, they save him. Mm. It's not much of an episode, really. Not much well, happens. In, in fact, not much happens in any episode of Tropical Punch uh, yeah. because the the only gag is that Adam West is the gag. Yeah, Adam West was meant to be the star, and I think they didn't give a lot of attention to sort of story. It was just sort of a setup. They follow one lead. Yeah, it's only ten minutes, so they can only do like maybe two locations. Right. 
So they they find a bad guy, they chase him across a back lot for a little bit, and then they catch him, and that's the end of the episode. Like, the searcher comes with his own story structure. Mm. Something bad happens, the searcher arrives, the searcher tries to deal with it, the searcher gets in trouble, the searcher gets out of trouble, saves a person. Yeah. That adapts to any situation, every adventure show ever more or less follows that plot. Mm. Tropical Punch, they're just, they're trying too well, many things. They don't mur- have a niche. It's a murder mystery, ostensibly. There's a, a body at the beginning. They know who the killer is. They chase after the killer and they get him. And unfortunately, but there's no there, well, there's no, there's no story in that. There's no like twist. There's no double back. They just, yeah. they see him. They follow a lead. There's no surprise. And the thing is that Adam West and actually isn't terribly motivated. The searcher mm-hmm. wants to do stuff. The yeah, searcher pushes the story forward. Adam West constantly gets in the way so of the story because he gets the, distracted a lot. The, what Tropical Punch needed was for the Billy Morissette character to be a, a little bit more forthright. Yeah. And and essentially uh, cut Hamoki. <laughs> you know, he's he's kind well, of sp- spreading fine. attention a little too thin. I think you need to cut down on Adam West. He needs mm. to be the guy. He needs to be the guy with the funny joke who oh. actually isn't very useful, but is theoretically in charge. And mm. actually, Billy Morissette is doing all the work. Right. Right. That's, that's, the, that's what I meant. Billy Morissette and then Peter Navy to Sosopo oh, are God. doing all the work, <laughs> and Adam West gets all the credit because he's in charge. That's a gag that you can play over and over again in any situation. Here, the gag is just that they're not very good at this. Mm. The next episode is called Vengeance in the Grass. Mm. This one has MC Ganey mm. as a criminal who Adam West put away long ago. He doesn't even remember for what. <laughs> um, and and I, I thought that was actually a, a pretty great gag. It's like, I, oh, I caught him a long time ago. Really? What'd you put him away for? I, I don't remember. It's it just like, years you know, ago. Jesus. Um, he kills Terry M- Funk. MC who is Ganey, who, who was in Cliffhangers, by the way. So we get a little bit of uh, overlap oh, yeah. there. Oh, no, he was in WizKids. Or that's right. He was in WizKids. He was, MC Ganey is a character actor who's been in everything. Mm. You know, one of his bigger roles more recently was in Lost. He was one of the others mm. on one Lost. Of, He's of, great. I think one of his best roles is still that movie Breakdown from the 90s. Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah, he that's plays one of the bad guys in that one. Um, so he basically, he, there's actually a funny bit where they see the body of Terry Funk. Oh. They know that a criminal has escaped. And, oh. uh, and he says, <laughs> Looks uh, like it was garroted. And, uh, Billy Morissette says, Oh, we better be careful. The killer could still be here. Mm. And Adam West says, If you were a cold blooded killer, would you stay at the scene of the crime? And then MC Guinea starts shooting at them. And he says, Take cover, men. We're being shot at by a cold blooded killer who stays at the scene <laughs> of the crime. <laughs> Then um, they take basically a lot of it is them taking cover and figure, trying to figure out how to get out of cover. Mm. Like MC Ganey is shooting at them and he says, Captain Morgan! And Billy Morissette says, He's dead! You killed him! Go away! <laughs> Go away. <laughs> They, they argue about whether or not they should run away from MC Ganey by like crawling on their bellies and Adam West won't have any of that. So they decide to pop a squat instead <laughs> and they're just squatting through the <laughs> And then in the end, they stop him. That, yeah. It's kind yeah. of it, really. Doesn't yeah, really I, build I, anything. I wish there had been something a little bit more satirical about what they were doing with the story. I mean... Yeah. The, that, that's really the. Uh, that's really not much to it because honestly, again, this is the cheapest. Of, this is the cheapest episode of anything in Danger Theater because mm, this is really just literally just like Topanga Canyon. They're going out to California. I sh- I've shot student films in Topanga Canyon. <laughs> it's very easy. It's very cheap, and you can just you do look is, around anywhere and you take, it's fine. You take the Pacific Coast Highway up to Topanga Canyon Road. Yeah. And you take a right. Yeah. Well, I guess if you're heading south, you take yeah. a right. You go up into the canyon. You get out of your car. You film before someone says stop you, says stop, which they won't because there's no one around. It almost never happens. It looks like the it looks like California, but you can say it's anywhere. Yep. 
And you got back in your car and was you made it, What your was movie. it Cecil B. DeMille said? You never need to leave California to shoot any movie. We have everything. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the woods, you got the snow, you got the desert. It's all here. And then uh, Tropical Thunder was done. Actually, or Tropical they, Punch. Oh, Tropical Punch. I think that was it for Tropical Punch, right? Oh, no way. No, there was one more. Oh, yeah. Dead Stranger in Paradise. Mm-hmm. Which was uh, the, the one with the another heavy metal guy. Yeah. Who I think was played by one of the heavy metal guys from Wayne's World. It was. Dan Bell. Dan. Um, who I believe was the guy in Wayne's World who said, you ever see that scene in Scanners where the guy's head that explodes? That dude's head blew up. Yeah, yeah. So there's a guy on a plane landing in Hawaii. He's he, carrying like hundreds of thousands of dollars of counterfeit bills. And Dan Bell plays a metalhead who is working for Joe Tuma. <laughs> and steals the money. Mm. But he's still at the airport and the Tropical Punch team is basically chasing him around the whole airport. Yeah. And it's that's the whole know, episode. Around on runways and stuff. They chase yeah. him around. Uh, one of my favorite gags was we have to track down that punk and he overhears them. I'm not a punk. I'm a metalhead. <laughs> kind of corrects them. <laughs> There's really nothing to this one, though. It's basically no. just we had access to an airport and we ran around a bit and Adam West said silly things. Ali and Adam West is inappropriate to a stewardess. Yeah, the last gag is actually like goes beyond like the searcher is, you know, a bit of a pig, but mm. he's so pathetic and he's so yeah. harmless. Um, you let him get away with you, it. it. You can turn it into a joke and you can get away with it. Adam West, he's kind of trying to flirt with this one uh, mm. uh, flight attendant mm. And then at the end, he just grabs her butt for no reason and, like, it freeze frames and on free, it. And... Freeze frames on that. We don't see him get his comeuppance. I was kind of hoping they'd freeze frame on it. They'd show the credit. Then they'd roll the film again and she'd slap his face. I was hoping. They just yeah. don't. They just totally get away with it. And then the last thing mm. on uh, Danger Theater, they on the last episode, they introduced a new series, mm. 357 Marina Del Rey, uh, which starred uh, Todd Field again from uh, Eyes Wide Shut. And he also directed mm-hmm. In the Benjamin with Little Children. Uh, he, and his co-star was Ricky Harris, uh, uh-huh. who was in Heat, Dope, Poetic Justice, Moesha. Uh, and they play. They look like and, they're basically... And, and who, who actually died just recently. No shit. Yeah, he died Christmas. Oh, I didn't hear you about know, that. I think that's like so the sad. day after Christmas. He, he Recently late. Oh, that's yeah. so... Oh, I'm sorry. The late Ricky Harris. Um... Yeah, so they play guys, and it feels like they are like out of work actors mm. who decided to be detectives. Like they, they all they've ever done is they found Jimmy Hoffa's shoe, <laughs> and they got a good write up in L.A. Style magazine, and they're just L.A. LA style, by the way. And these yeah. guys, this is a spoof of L.A. and L.A. lifestyle, and mm. I think it's actually kind of hilarious. Um, just because they play, these guys are so clueless, and they're so obsessed with their jackets and their phones and cappuccinos that. You can tell they're just not very good cops. And they're approached by a couple. Uh, her ex fiance is like a, a big biker dude is sort of stalking her. Yeah. And she's really laid back about all this, but he's really high strung about it. And he's yeah, really the new husband, about it. the new husband or the new, uh, the new fiance. fiance. And he wants to and, return the engagement ring that this guy gave him. And every time they hire a private detective to do it, the private detective dies or goes is, missing. Yeah. So they hire the 357 Marina Del Rey guys. And these guys are just, when we introduce them, they're just drinking their coffee. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about teeth whitening. Mm-hmm. And uh, Todd Field just had his it's, teeth whitened. Ricky Harris is like, your real problem is you have to choose your smile moments. You can't just smile. No, you got to pick your moment. <laughs> and he just smiles it, at certain times. It's, it's more or less the Californians from Saturday Night Live just, you know, 25 years earlier. Yeah. Um... And uh, so, yeah, so they said, be careful, this guy doesn't take rejection well. And they say, when we finish with Francis Helms, he'll love rejection. (laughs) They're very upbeat. So they go to this trailer park. My favorite bit, yeah, they go to the trailer park, they confront this guy. It turns out they're huge, they're really afraid, and they say, and they see that he's also, you know, very 
two people in his yard. There are fresh graves of the previous private detectives so they, who tried this in his front yard. They get really scared and they start to run away. <laughs> and uh, while they're running away, they sort of flick the ring back at him. <laughs> that's, and, that's, their, that's their plan. Yeah. And Todd Field says, don't worry, I threw that ring hard. I think I may have hurt him. <laughs> it's a ring. And they actually, like, they I doubt mean, themselves. They're actually like, this is real stuff. I don't think I'd come out for this. Maybe we should stop being private detectives. <laughs> and my favorite bit is they hide in, in a, a shed and they say, I'm going to call the police. This is really too bad. And he pulls out this, you know, 1993 cell phone out of his jacket, which is you the know, size a, of a human head. And, and it's the, that's the sign of a yuppie if you have a, a mobile phone in 1993. Yeah, they were pretty rare back then. And I love that, you know, they're they're hiding in a shed and this guy's shooting at him and there's bullets flying and he does like, oh shoot, I don't have a signal. And he holds it out of the shed (laughs) where it immediately gets shot. Um, so they, they, they return to the lady and they try to pretend they had a job well done, but the psycho shows up, kidnaps her, uh, the jilted or the, the new fiance freaks out kidnaps Todd Field and Ricky Harris. They all meet up again at the trailer home, and it turns out that she's actually been in love with this guy the whole time. She, she's just a biker chick at heart. Now, yeah. we, the the woman from this segment, mm-hmm. uh, you and I were both sort of torturing ourselves because she looked really, really familiar to us. Yeah. Her name is Amy Benedict, who is uh, not a particularly big actor, but if you've seen Sneakers a million times, like we have, we have <laughs> Amy Benedict was the woman who shows up at the end working for the NSA, yeah. who immediately falls in love with River Phoenix. As as a young woman might. Oh my god! Uh, yes, <laughs> 1992 River Phoenix. Oh my Thank god. you very much. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, she, she. We've seen it so much that we both recognize the actress, but we couldn't place her right away. You know, like, seriously, there's like there's those movies that you've seen a million times, and you would recognize anyone from it, mm. even if they have one line. If you recognize them, like at a coffee shop, you would know. I know that face. Yeah, I've seen that face you're, a million you're times. In something. Yeah. You can have anything you want and you just want my phone number. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, and yeah, no, that's... See, see Sneakers, everybody. <laughs> sneakers is one of our favorite movies, yeah. as you might have heard if you listened to the very last episode of the Baby Movies podcast. That's right. Um, so that is... That's Danger Theater. Theater. That was it. It only lasted seven episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little scattershot. I think the biggest problem with Danger Theater was there was a severe lack of... Not just consistency of quality, although well, there is that too, but it just, there isn't like a routine joke. Well, there, there, It feels like it's kind of tied together with like, the, the central with con- string. Well, the central conceit of the show is that they were going to, it's, you know, theater. They're going to show you mm-hmm. various kinds of dangerous things. The Searcher is strong enough to open and every show, and I'm okay with the fact that The Searcher yeah. is in every, every the episode. The Searcher is okay. I think, however, the show would have been a lot stronger if the B segment rotated, if Tropical Punch was every fourth or fifth episode, mm-hmm. or... Or, and they had, and you know, they introduced three, five, seven Marina Del Rey early on, and they had like maybe two others that they kind of rotated through. I honestly think the um, problem is that the, the searcher mm. is. I'm not going to say the searcher is brilliant, but it's mm. reasonably well developed. It's a real idea for a comedy show. Mm. The rest of them are not, and I honestly feel like it probably would have been best to do the searcher as a show, or maybe oh. call it Danger Theater, and the show we're showing is The Searcher, mm. but then in between The Searcher, there would be fake commercials for 357 <laughs> Marina Del Rey, oh, or try, and honestly, just, you're making and, movies, and you know all these seg- comedians, yeah. If one of those segments goes well, you can sort of spin, it would be like Channel 101, essentially. Yeah, um, you could, you could, and you could do a, and you could do one episode uh, where, we didn't do The Searcher this yeah. week, here's actually Tropical Punch, you've seen five commercials for it, here's Tropical Punch, <laughs> and then Tropical Punch sucks, and we go back to The Searcher, because The Searcher is 
Not bad. Or, or we go back to Tropical Punch and the gag is, well, it's, this is the off day episode where there's no action and we're going to have yeah. like sort of the flashbacks and we just see flashbacks. Oh, they should have had like episodes we never well, saw. Well, they could have done a crossover episode where it's Tropical oh, Punch go. with the searcher in this episode. Because <laughs> the searcher is a fully formed joke. Mm. It's not a great joke, perhaps, but it's a fully formed joke, and it's, it's often very funny. It's a, I think it's a pretty consistently hilarious joke, and I was yucking up a lot while watching The Searcher. I loved the show back in the day. Mm-hmm. I did watch this in 1993 mm-hmm. and was upset when I couldn't find it because I think it shifted around uh, days. It, it or... shifted around a bit. It was also weirdly placed because mm-hmm. Fox had a particular block of programming, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you, the, here are the shows that the the Danger Theater mm-hmm. was either airing before or between for um, most of its uh, career. Uh, in Living Color. Yeah, it came, it, went, it came on before In Living Color. Yeah, Living Single mm-hmm. and Martin. And in the middle, Danger, Danger Theater, Theater which, which is a very different a, show. Also a comedy, but strikingly different tone. It's a very different tone. Yeah. It doesn't quite fit that block of programming. Mm-hmm. It kind of sticks out, and I can totally picture if you're in the mood to watch a Queen Latifah sitcom and then Danger Theater comes on or vice versa, mm-hmm. you might change the channel because <laughs> you weren't in the mood for that right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. It doesn't quite fit. Um, so that was a problem with it as well. And again, it's just the problem with all of these shows. I think it's a problem with cliffhangers as well. You might only like one. Yeah. And then yeah. you don't want to watch the rest of it, and so you don't so, feel like watching all so of it. So I, I love The Searcher, Tropical Punch, a little less so. Tropical Punch, uh, three five seven Marina, twice. For 357 Marina Del Rey was funny for the one bit we got. Who's to say if it would have stayed consistent? Well, the problem with 357 and mm. Tropical Punch is that, again, you have 10 minutes for these segments. They have mm. to be punchy. Yeah. Both of those shows star characters who aren't pushing things forward. The plot <laughs> happens around them, mm. and that you can't really sell that over time. Diedrich Bader seeks out trouble, mm. and trouble finds him back. And, and then he, they have sex, and, he, and then that's the well, and then he, that's and, the search. And he, no matter how set back he is, he keeps pushing forward. Yeah. And and uh, there's yeah, there's sort of a, a, a propulsiveness, a good sense of pace to those episodes, and you can tell that the creators of the show put all of their love and all of their energy into the searcher first, but they realized it wasn't like good enough for a whole series. Mm-hmm. So they had to sort of pat it out and say, well, we can turn it into an anthology show. So I, I think the idea was the idea for the searcher came first, then the idea to make an anthology show. And then the idea for tropical punch. Yeah. So they were kind of forcing themselves into this sort of mold, uh, that, that, they hadn't quite fully thought out yet. So I think if they had put a little bit more thought into Tropical Punch and made it funnier and not had showed it as often, mm-hmm. it would have been a better show. Regardless, I still think Danger Theater was canceled too soon. Yeah, I don't think it was. I think... Ah. Here's here's my thing with Danger uh. Theater. It's just too inconsistent. Mm-hmm. The Searcher is okay. Listen, I, you've described The Searcher as hilarious, mm-hmm. as God's gift to comedy, <laughs> the funniest thing you've ever seen. Uh, I didn't use those terms. You used one of those terms. Uh. I uh, use hilarious. I, I said it was hilarious. I'll I don't stand think, by that. One. I don't think it's consistently funny enough to be hilarious. There yeah. are moments mm-hmm. that are hilarious. There are the occasional joke just lands. The timing is right. Mm-hmm. Diedrich Bader really is nailing it. You can tell this is kind of the proto version of his Batman. That really <laughs> self serious, gruff voice. Mm-hmm. He's so good at it. Um, but mm-hmm. as it's a whole, okay. rock and roll is my lady. Yeah, but it's not quite genius enough for me uh, to, to say it carries everything. Uh, I think Tropical Punch is 
a, a complete misfire. I do. Oh, I guess there's I a, there's a couple of gags, and how can you have th- any animosity towards Adam West? But it doesn't work. It's definitely unrefined, but yeah. uh, I wouldn't say it is a complete failure. Uh, 357 Marina Del Rey. If they were going to continue this anthology format, I would have given it one more episode to hopefully find the gag because mm-hmm. the idea is fine, and God knows I love Todd Field and Ricky Harris. They're really funny together, mm-hmm. but it just feels kind of haphazard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if the show went on 100 episodes, oh. I think two things would have happened. Either it would have continued to be the searcher and they would have cycled out because they always have the searcher Mm -hmm. Uh, and they would come up with different ideas. Or I think season two, they abandon the anthology idea and they make it the searcher. (laughs) The searcher for 20 minutes as a goofy sitcom. There are a lot of goofy sitcoms on at the time. Mm -hmm. Like you watch it, something like uh, Parker Lewis can't lose, which played before the searcher. Okay. (laughs) Um, That was actually like a very broad, very Mm. silly yeah, show kind of a, a send up of stuff like Saved by the Bell, which was running concurrently. Yeah, and it was very meta. Lots of talking to the camera. Lots mm. of plot points that literally come out of people's pockets. Mm. There was a guy who had what my brother called the jacket of neat stuff, <laughs> uh, and it was just like he would just, just reach into his jacket, and then whatever they needed would mm. be there. You needed uh, bolt cutters, he had bolt cutters. You needed uh, a hot fudge sundae, he had one in his jacket <laughs> ready for you. Like, and that's the gag. So mm. it was very broad. You could have done the searcher mm. in that dynamic. This is also around the same time this is only a year after bill and ted's excellent adventures mm-hmm. fox was willing to do silly stuff i think the searcher could have carried if they kept it cheap and they just kept diedrich bader and he brought in maybe some notable guest stars yeah. every week then then you have a show mm-hmm. i think that's where it goes because the searcher if this it was just the searcher i'd say maybe it was canceled too soon especially after only seven episodes as mm-hmm. it stands this doesn't quite work uh, I, I okay. laughed enough that I, I wouldn't tell I anyone think, not to see it, but I think seven episodes, it had a shot, and it didn't find its voice. I, I think The Searcher was on its feet immediately. I, I think it's just a, a really sharp idea that came at a really good time when you could get away with this particular flavor of slapstick. It was everywhere. Mm. It was really self-aware, which and, I really appreciate. And that type of and show DJ, that it was satirizing mm. was still on the air and still or, popular, or, so or, it was very... Or at the very least had just barely gone off the air. Renegade was still re-owned. on, and UPN was still doing shows like this. This show was still on the air, but it was yeah. dying. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, we hadn't... It hadn't quite died. I think, I think the classical it, era of the wandering hero died with the show Viper. <laughs> I think Viper was the last one that, and I think we've had them since, but they've always felt like throwbacks. I think Viper was the last one where they tried to do it for reals, and it did not work. Although, even though I, I don't think Viper so, actually lasted two seasons, so the, this, this, you know, the, the '90s was a good time for self-reflection and self-awareness and that kind of self-aware humor. And I think The Searcher really, really nailed it. I think Tropical Punch. I can see what they're getting at. Jesus Christ, Viper lasted 78 episodes. Did it really? The concept of Viper is there's a guy who has a Viper. Like a Dodge Viper. A Dodge Viper, Viper, yeah. That's it! That's the whole show. it helps people. It was in the near future, but that was it. There was nothing about it. It was so bad. Even I had low standards when Viper came out in 1994. (laughs) Let me tell you something. It was bad. Oh, golly. Oh, my God. Four fucking seasons four seasons of Vi- I yeah. never would that was one of those things like Walker Texas Ranger you don't know anybody who watches it but it lasts for 10 years it because aired your, on your M- grandma's seeing it on Sunday afternoons Viper aired on NBC in 1994 mm. and then it came back in 1996 in syndication wow yeah that actually wow. happened mm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Viper, the bane of well, our existence. Well, and Danger Theater, I think it didn't really find an audience. It, no. it was It's a now, summer pickup. That never took here, off. Here's the, here's the sort of thing that I was watching. I was never cool enough to go out on like Fridays or Saturdays, so I was in watching the TV shows, which is how I saw stuff like 
Mantis and Time Tracks yeah. and Danger Theater and that you know, was all, the all of my favorite shows aired at like sort of the lowest points, so which is they always died but out. Before DVR, uh, the gag was that shows that air on Friday night and Saturday night were doomed to fail because all the cool people were out. Yeah. We're out doing stuff with their mm. friends. We're out dancing or having sex at or, bars. Or, or seeing movies or doing yeah. or something. You but know. like if you're a kid, you're not doing that shit. So that was a good time to put on superhero or action adventure type mm. programming that kids can watch and appreciate. Oh. So yeah, okay, yeah. We saw Danger Theater and shit. What are you gonna do? So so I saw Danger Theater and I yeah. love Danger Theater. Well, that was I'm on Sunday. Kind so. of hoping that other kids would you know, trying to turn kids on to Danger Theater and no but I taped it and watched it incessantly. Yeah. Uh, because we had VCRs and we did that sort of thing um so not only do i have sort of that nostalgic thrill revisiting it i'm glad that it still sort of got my funny bone especially the searcher segment segments yeah. and the i hadn't actually seen the 357 marina del rey and i think that part was really strong too mm. um strangely enough adam west was the weakest link in tropical punch yeah i, well, I don't know if it's like, adam west they, in particular just tropical punch just doesn't work it's, well, not, it, it's not structured very well, well they're hanging their entire coat on this clueless cop and they think that adam west can play that clueless cop really really well and we can we've seen him do it twice before <laughs> in both look well and the last precinct and he can handle that type of character but i think he there needed to be more than just him there needed to be that some be ensemble. some one at least one other element either a plot element or a, a villain element no, or a need, stronger ensemble you need a character dynamic else, yeah. you have two other actors on that show hmm. and they never give billy morissette they give or, him like one speech in every episode but no not even every episode like two episodes only no. and then peter navy to wea sosopo oh. yes <laughs> uh, he he like they they don't have enough to do. They're not interacting mm. well enough to create a comedy a comedy trifecta. Yeah. This isn't the Three Stooges where they actually depend on each other. Mm. This isn't the Marx Brothers where they depend on each other. This is the Adam West show, and there mm. are two younger actors who occasionally get to pipe in, yeah. and it doesn't work. It's a waste of space. You could have mm. just had this about if, Adam West's doltish character. It didn't need to be about it, a team. It, it could have been the team wasn't going to do. Something. If it could have, if it was Adam West as he is. And it, and Billy Moore said instead of being sort of this hardworking cop who's just sort of occasionally abused, if he was like Kiff from Futurama, mm. he's just uh, uh, like he's he's pulled along and is just too weak to stand up to this idiot that he well, works for. Well, you could have done the- that. Would have. That's all you needed. A few cutaways of this guy sighing heavily and or, abusing himself. Or you could have gone a, a different uh, mm. route, which it could have been. It could have been a buddy cop show mm. where Adam West is the wild card who plays by his own rules, mm. but actually is just a moron. And then Billy Morissette is the straight laced cop mm. who's doing everything by the books and is actually like he's the straight man. Yeah. So, you don't have a straight man in that so show. It, you, 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 don't. Had, you, had you needed a straight man. I guess I so. You, you needed. You had Tropical Punch was essentially half of a good idea, and it needed yeah. the other half, and I never really found that. And that's not enough to really ding the entire program. And the Robert, but it is because they because ca- half the episodes had tropical punch in them. Well, only a third of the episodes had tropical punch no, in them because they had a, a, the searcher, and then we had the Robert Vaughn segments, and those were funny too. Okay, the Robert Vaughn Robert, segments were okay, but I think they were extraneous because Robert Vaughn, you know, is selling it. He's completely deadpan. He's hilarious. <laughs> Some of his writing isn't great. He's selling it. He's selling it, though. But again, Robert Vaughn feels like he's in a different show. Mm -hmm. I would actually rather see a show. Mm -hmm. I'd rather see The Searcher, Mm -hmm. or I'd rather see America's Most Wanted 
comedy with Robert Vaughn <laughs> and the Robert Stack role saying completely ludicrous things and then the criminal reenactments are absurd in I, the vein of The Searcher or Tropical I've, Punch. I've that would have been a good idea. I've seen that sort of thing before. I don't think this has actually been done like on network TV but I've seen like spoofs of like Rescue 911 and, and yeah. Unsolved Mysteries in other sort of sketch comedy shows. Yeah, sketch comedy and shows. Amazon went around as, the moon. I've never it. seen that as a, a premise of an ongoing series. And I, I think that would have been kind of fun. I think you could have played it up because there's there's no end to the amount of just naked gun mm. criminal material you could do. And you could change it up all the time. And you would have had a good show. And Robert Vaughn would have been the perfect host. Because Robert Vaughn, bless him, could be taken seriously. He's an Academy Award nominated actor. He was in the Magnificent Seven. But especially by like the last couple of decades of his very impressive career, he was very willing to take the piss out of himself. He was oh, yeah. very yeah, yeah, yeah. eager to be very silly a lot. And he was great. He's great in Pootie Tang. Yep. He Pootie Tang is a classic. Pootie Tang is great, and Robert Vaughn is great mm. in it. Hell, he's great in basketball. Yeah, I was about to say, he's, <laughs> he, he does all these like really horrible innuendos with uh, Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. It's like, a, I bet you could suck the chrome off my fender, and so she actually sucks chrome off of his fender. Yeah, like, on, like <laughs> off of his car. Like she's she, got, she, like, her lips are bright silver yeah, now. Yeah, she sits down, I sucked the chrome off your fender. Thank you, baby. <laughs> like, they never actually have sex. They just do, like, the literal things of the innuendo. Yeah. It's hilarious. Basketball is a funny movie, damn it. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. What are you guys doing? This is the Malaka Laka Balance Board of Trust. <laughs> it's a funny movie. It's, it's a funny, funny movie. movie. It's Robert funnier Vaughn's than Danger funny. Theater. <laughs> Danger Theater is, is too happy. It's it's a it's a different uh, different animal. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so I I don't think it was canceled too soon. I think it was canceled when it needed to be canceled. Okay, I, but I, you're, you're, I wanted to see more. You're I, nostalgic. This, this, I, more than just nostalgic, I think it actually works as sort of a slapstick thing. But and I there, think there were particular, like, you have a particular childlike, goofy sense of humor. This is for sure. Yeah, to be fair. <laughs> I, I do prefer sort of that that slaps. I think I was raised on a lot of like Airplane and Monty mm. Python, and that that sort of thing still gets me if it's done well. Yeah, Friedberg and Seltzer can go to hell. Um, <laughs> I, I did they do not another team movie because that's the only one of those not a blank movies that's actually pretty good. I think that yeah, I think that might have been that. Yeah, not another team movie actually has some really well, really like, good games. They didn't do the scary movies. The, no. those, those were somebody else. But, but those uh, are those are mostly bad. Yeah, too. They, they did the blank movie spoof movie. Movies, and yeah. those are just bad, bad spoofs. There was a time when spoofery was riding high. And, uh, and, and it, it was in theaters and movies, it was following the wake of The Naked Gun because that was actually kind of a runaway hit. And people worked really hard on those spoofs to make, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. To make it just constant even, jokes, make it land, and then people got lazy with it because even, they even realized the latter, they could get Even away. in the latter day when they were doing stuff like Mafia and Wrongfully Accused, those were, you know, at least 70% funny. Mafia uh, has some really funny jokes in it. Yeah, it's not yeah. a good movie, but it's funny sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Leslie Nielsen sort of recast himself as a goofball. The reason Police Squad worked so well is because he was a heavy. Yeah. <laughs> he played it really straight. But, yeah. you know, he got this sort of broad thing. And it was sort of leaking into this hip, self-aware Gen X vibe as well, that sort of spoofery with stuff yeah. like Wayne's World. And this yeah. is the TV version of that wave of comedy that I was, A, kind of weaned on, and B, I'm still very fond of. Yeah. So, yeah, I love Danger Theater. Very well. Uh, well, that is it for uh, this episode of Canceled Too Soon. Mm -hmm. We hope you have we have illuminated you on Danger Theater, a show you <laughs> no doubt wanted to research for many years and never actually found the time. And we did it for you. Ha ha. Performing a public service. <laughs> uh, you can find us online mm -hmm. uh, if you want to look for us. We're on Twitter at CancelCast. I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibel. Uh, we have an email where you can send us uh, mm -hmm. your suggestions and also... Uh, 
ask us questions, tell us stories about whether or not you... A lot of people saw these shows mm. that we're reviewing. They like sharing stories about when they watch them. I would love to hear if you guys heard, if you any of you watched Danger Theater back in the day. Because um, I, I doubt you did. Uh, we are in a bit of a time crunch, but I think we have time for one or two okay, letters. Let, let me find our oldest letters and, yeah. and read that one. Um, and again, we're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash cancel too soon. Uh, the money helps us, uh, dedicate time to this because we watch a whole season of television every single week. That is time consuming. It prevents us from doing other stuff. Mm. Um, <laughs> it also helps us, uh, acquire, uh, different shows and people are still sending us shows on our Amazon wishlist or sometimes things that were not on our Amazon mm. wishlist that we didn't know existed. Like, uh, last resort. Someone just sent us last resort and we mm. thank you for that. Uh, someone sent us the new normal. Uh, I happen to know who sent us uh, the good Christian bitches GCB. Well, uh, we're going to get to that at some point. Yeah, we've, I, we've had I, a lot of requests for that. I, I, and I, I personally want to do that one. Here, here's yeah. a. Can I read a letter? Oh, I also want to really thank whoever sent us Invisible Avenger, which is the movie they made out of a failed pilot for the Shadow series in the fifties. <laughs> uh, we're booked for a couple of months, but I definitely want to get to that because that yeah. sounds like a lot of fun. And in fact, we've never done a TV series from the fifties. So I think my mother, the car, is, is still cur- the oldest. Currently, our oldest. Yeah. But, okay. That was um, in the sixties. All right. What do we got? Uh, this comes from kevin he okay. says uh this is we asked you uh when we did our whiz kids episode what the name of the computer ought to be the computer was named ralph r-a-l-f but they never said what it stood for yeah it's an acronym so uh kevin writes in and gives us a suggestion sweet richie's apparatus for locating fugitives Ooh, best i could come up with that's not bad Re- regardless i feel like richie's apparatus four is the best way to start <laughs> richie's apparatus sounds like a store i wouldn't be allowed in until it was 18 oh. <laughs> uh got another one? Oh yeah this one comes from patrick uh hi bibs and whitney hello hi I want to say that I love the podcast and will miss the B-Movies podcast. You know, we miss it already. Yeah. Uh, which had become my place for movie reviews. Oh, oh I'm nice. sorry. Well, you know, keep on, keep on paying attention. William gets to do it in print and I get to do it in my mind. Yeah, and we uh, still do videos <laughs> on Patreon uh, once in a while. We'll I'm do some more this weekend, I I'm think. considering writing reviews and just putting them on my old, like, long-neglected blog just for, just to put it somewhere. You're a you know? Rotten Tomatoes approved critic, right? Don't, doesn't everything you go, go on there? No, the venue has to be approved. Oh, not really? Not the critic, yeah. So I thought you were. I, I'm, a pro, I'm approved, but I have to be writing for, like, a, an approved venue for my reviews to show up. So my, my Legion of Leia, my Nerdist, you know, my Crave Online reviews all go up on Rotten Tomatoes, but ones I just sort of do for my rinky dink blog don't go anywhere. Okay. Just if you want to read them. Three cheers for darkened years. I haven't touched that in years. Um, (laughs) In the Tequila and Bonetti episode, you were talking about why no one talks about Northern Exposure anymore. And then I remembered it's all because of uh, the music rights uh-huh. For the show, which has made it impossible to release the show cheaply on DVD or to put it on streaming. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, no, so, it happens. That happens a lot. That was why Beavis yeah. and Butthead couldn't be on DVD yeah, for a long for a time. Long time. Uh, Allie McBeal couldn't mm. be on TV for a long time because the, they had all those covers. State, yeah, the, and the state as well was off because yeah. it was on MTV. Of course, they used all the hip tunes. They yeah. had to replace everything. Yeah, they, uh, so people was, didn't used to think about that. Yeah. TV never went anywhere else. He even says, so it was like WKRP in Cincinnati. It's sadly being forgotten because of the music yeah. rights. Yeah, that's a good uh, keep up the good work and I won't give you any suggestions for horrible one season wonder Canadian TV shows. All the best, Patrick. Oh, oh please do. Yeah, We'd love to hear about that. I mean, Jesus, we, we have uh, a long, long list of shows that pff, we're going to be at this for so many years. <laughs> Who are we even put a serious dent in that list? Yeah. Uh, here's one more because this uh, refers okay. to something I really want to talk about. Okay. Uh, this comes from Omar. Yeah. Uh, Dear Bibbs and Whitney, will you guys do Centurions at some point? Ooh. Power, I had... power to the Extreme, Man and Machine. I had those uh, action figures. That was a cool <laughs> set of action figures. 
Uh, centurions were the ones you could like attach machinery around your action yeah they had these like divots in the action figure that you could like snap Um, like cyborg stuff into mm -hmm. and they were cool yeah, the like toys those. were cool. Centurions and Visionaries sh- were my two favorites because the Visionaries oh, had yeah. like the hologram stuff on them. God. They were like battle beasts, but they were dudes. Oh, God. The, the 80s was a dark time. <laughs> the 80s uh, were the best time. Well, you guys do Maybe. Centurions at some point. Amazingly, it is, has only one season airing in 1986. Uh-huh. I'm sure you guys know this one, but if you don't, Centurions, as far as I can remember, <laughs> it's about three guys in Iron Man type suits that battle an evil cyborg who is super evil and cool. If I also recall, it was like medieval times, strangely enough. I don't remember it being medieval yeah, times. Yeah, like it wasn't like super future Because yeah, they land, had like right? rocket, you know, helmets and stuff. But the, anyway, I'd, I'd have to go back. Centurions is also one back. of those shows from the 80s that technically had one season, but their episode order was like 65 episodes. Oh, okay. It was an animated show. Yeah. Anyways, I have to get back to the grind. I can't wait for November. When I assume you'll be doing Constantine. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually. Uh-huh. That's one of the shows. That we're, in November, we're doing a superhero month for Justice League. That's right. We've not been coy about it. We got a, we got a couple <laughs> of theme months coming up because so, we have mm-hmm. next month is when we review uh, only shows that were canceled this last season. Yeah, we're doing um, a whole 2017 month. Yeah. Uh, and then in October, we're going to be doing some horror shows. As is our because want. it's it's October. Why but there's, not? There's no shortage, so yeah. we might as well uh, do some of the ones we really want to do. Uh, and in November, it's Justice League Month. We're going to do a whole bunch of shows uh, that were based on DC superheroes because there's a ton, yeah. and we're not even going to we're not even to get to them, them all. And a lot of them failed. A lot of them failed. Um, Constantine, he says, "Hooray!" Yeah. Uh, also, since I'm the only one calling for it, it is my duty to gently nudge you guys to do Sweet Vicious at some point. That's a joke because uh, he's the only one doing it. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, um, he's he's not. You, you guys are awesome. If you ever come to. If you're ever in Qatar, come say hello. Ooh, wow. Growl, growl, Omar. Wow, a listener awesome. in Qatar. Growl, growl, Omar. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm not going to tell you whether or not we're doing Sweet Vicious in September, but we might be <laughs> because we got a lot of cool shows that we're doing in September. And again, you can go to patreon.com slash cancel too soon and vote for one of those episodes. Mm-hmm. But next week, we're actually going to get started a little early. Yes. Because we're going to do a show that as soon as it was canceled, it was one of the first shows that was canceled mm-hmm. at the end of the season. There are a couple of canceled mid-season, but this was one like the season's over. We're just oh. not picking it up. And people were pissed. <laughs> people loved the show. I mean, it didn't get high ratings or they would have stuck around. But mm-hmm. everyone who watched it loved it. It was critically acclaimed. People were really mad uh-huh. when they canceled Pitch. Yeah. So we're going to review next week. We're going to review Pitch. And we're very excited to do it. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, um, I'm gonna start my, watching uh, this weekend. My wife started to watch it as well, yeah. and I just lost track of it. But yeah. uh, I've heard yeah, nothing I'm, but good things. Evidently, it's a really great program, and I'm looking yeah. forward to a great program. Yeah, it's been it's been a while because you've other made us than, watch a lot of crap. Other than Danger Theater, uh-huh. uh, you know what? What can I say? I like crap. I got crappy taste in TV. Yes, you I'll do. say it. I don't mind. <laughs> But, I like uh, Defenders of Dinatron City. Yeah, <laughs> but it'd be nice to do like a serious show again. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. my taste runs towards genre weirdness. Mm-hmm. Your taste runs towards bad. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> now we're going to watch some shows that maybe have some potential, starting with Pitch. Hey, some of it's mediocre. <laughs> Everybody, thank you very, very much for listening. Your help whether you're contributing to Patreon or just tweeting about the show, telling your friends about the show, um, Mm. reviewing us on iTunes, giving us a star rating, writing a couple of quick sentences, that helps more than I can possibly tell you. Just boosts the signal. Mm. Just tell one person. If you like our show, and if you've gotten to the end, you probably do, uh, tell one other person about Mm. the show. That would really, really help us out because we're trying to make this Mm. as big as possible. And with a little luck, you know, we're trying to get people paying attention to some of these shows, some of which don't have official distribution and actually deserve to be rediscovered shows like 
danger theater, shows like Cliffhangers, mm-hmm. shows like The 100 Lies of Blackjack, Savage, shows that deserve mm-hmm. a bigger audience and, and aren't getting it. And it's our mm-hmm. pleasure to bring those to you. And, and it is our deep, deep, deepest tragedy that sometimes we have to watch some really crappy ones. Yeah, some... some but people seem to like it when we... Low quality... People seem yeah. to like it when we review those two. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah. And that's a wrap, folks. We'll see you next season. Next season. <laughs> Why'd you say it that way? I don't know. <laughs>